January 17, en al heb ik het gevoel op dit moment niet veel verder te komen, iemand als Eric in onze groep maakt dat ik niet stil zal blijven staan.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? No, it's Monday. <laughs> I think so. It's Monday. <laughs> Next Tuesday. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can tell I'm not man alone. We started to show off with John Coltrane talking to Michael DeRuiter on the November 1961, a little while ago, about having the rhythm be more free. He's talking about composition, getting away from that harmonic stuff and getting more rhythm. And also, he wanted to pursue more melody. I'm just finishing my seventh book on him. This is like a quote train and quote train. Uh, Chris DeVito's book on like quotes, giving interviews and stuff. Uh, then we had Gina Birch with I Play My Bass Loud. And because of those software engineers from Estonia with their Skype invention, I am not man alone. I have with me Gina Birch all the way from London. Welcome aboard, Gina. Hello, thank you. Absolutely. Great to, Great to be here. Great honor to have you. I've been listening to music a long time. We were talking off air, people, about Gina helping Mayo Thompson. And also my missing man, guitarist Tom Watson, has helped Mayo Thompson. Yeah. So, but I want to learn about Gina Birch's journey through music. So, Gina, if you would, would you please bring your earliest musical recollection, memory? Ah, Oh, you mean what I saw and heard and or when I started to play? No, your earliest musical memory. So it's probably before you played. But remember, it's a Watt from Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. Okay. Well, you know, I was brought up uh, a Catholic and uh, lots of hymns and, and then musicals. You know, I loved the sound of music and uh, uh, those Julie Andrews films, you know, like um, uh, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Right. And then I, uh, Sound of Music had song John yeah. Coltrane cover, My oh, Favorite Things, a waltz. Uh, that oh, has cool. both major and minor people. Yes. You can have it in the yes. same song. There's no problem. It's all device to tell your story. So I like that. I like that. Anyway, then uh, you learned, Swan, your first instrument was your voice singing. Oh yeah, my dad. I used to sing in the back of the car, and my dad would say, "Oh, shut up, Gina." After a while, okay. But we all together for a while for some of the time but I wouldn't stop you know I couldn't stop I think I I just kept going and going and going until it drove him around the bend well let me ask you this in the pad you grew up was there instruments no no one played an instrument can I ask you about school were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that uh I did do a bit of singing in school um, but um, it wasn't really a big thing. No, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't play any instruments. I, my dad, we bought a little uh, record player when I was probably about nine or so, and then my dad said each uh, each week one of us in the family could choose a single, a forty-five, and it was six shillings and eightpence then. And I chose Herman's Hermits, No Milk Today. <laughs> but I remember, you know, we had lots. Of, um, You're saying that's the first record you bought with your own money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Now, I th let me tell you about Herman's Hermits. That's the first time I heard rock and roll bands from England sing with England accents. Oh, really? Yeah, that's because the other guys were kind of, you know, uh, 
big fans of the blues and stuff, so they were kind of doing that voice. Not until yeah. Johnny Rod. Well, maybe Sid Barrett. He sang kind of with his own accent. Yeah. Uh, so what was the first gig you saw? Oh, I think it might have been The Faces. That's the first one I remember with Rod Stewart. Sure, Rod sure. The Faces. Um, the band that I, came after The Small Faces. Yeah, or maybe it was the, maybe it was the Small Faces. Well, small I, Faces I had Steve Marriott singing, but then he left for Pete Frampton's Humble Pie. Okay. Yeah, you see, you're much more of a music nerd than me. I'm <laughs> You know what the first gig I went and saw? Go on then. T-Rex. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I was 14 years old. It was 1973. And, uh, yeah, but it wasn't a club, so he was tiny. Yeah. Well, I remember in my gig, I I was right up the front, and I remember we were all stamping and shouting because they didn't come on, you know, that building up the excitement. Um, Great, great bass man, Ronnie Lane. That's that's what I remember most, the stomping before they came on. I don't remember what happened after they came on. <laughs> that's what kind of a music nerd I am. I'm like, I like all the kind of preamble. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, I, 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 um, I never thought I'd be involved in music. It wasn't. I liked I like singing and I've always kind of rocked back and forward. I like a kind of crazy woman rocking. Um, um, and I, you know, music, music really soothes me, but I never, ever thought I would play it or, or be, be singing in public or anything like that. It just wasn't on the cards, you know, I went, and I, I, I went to art school and that's, that's uh, where I thought I'd be, you know, making little films or painting and basically I came from the provinces. I came from Nottingham. Oh, Sleaford Mods. Sleaford Mods. Yeah. They're, they're, they are from Nottinghamshire. Um, uh, I never knew them in Nottingham. I have seen them many, many times though in London. I love them. I love them. Can Although, you tell me you know, how you got on base? Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd see, I, I, I'd seen the uh, the Sex Pistols first gig by chance. Um, fell, fell in, uh, uh, fell was in. It, was that the Hundred Club? No, it was at St Martin's School of Art. Because I got to play first time I played in England was the Hundred Club, oh, and I remember the boss there telling me the Sex Pistols played there early on their thing. Yeah, they did play there early, but the the first gig in 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 central london was in was in st martin's and if you watch um if you watch pistol have you you haven't watched that uh that uh drama about the sex pistols no no <laughs> i think it's really good i think it's great uh, um i don't uh, have I, enough patience to watch shit like that i'm sorry yeah. But well, they were they were an important band us uh very very inspiring like he sang with his accent he, that, that that was really intense, and also to hear words, it was like kind of seeing. I remember when me and D Boone saw The Exorcist. We never saw a little girl in a movie. Well, it's Mercedes Cambridge's voice, but cuss like that in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we were thirteen. It was around the time we saw T Rex. Uh, yeah, I, sorry, I got you lost me a bit there. But I'm just going to say with John Lydon. Um, 
you know, the way he performed, it was kind of like, you know, a cross between, I don't, you probably don't know the TV show Steptoe and Son. It was like an amazing kind of uh, crazy sitcom. And there was a Albert Steptoe. So, you know, everyone kind of thought that John Lydon kind of picked up stuff from Albert, Albert Steptoe and Richard III, you know, a great mixture of kind of cultural, British cultural icons. And, um, he he just had this incredible charisma, you know. He really he really did have something very special. Yeah, I uh, got to see Public Image when they first came here with uh, yeah. Jaw Wobble on bass. Yeah, and amazing. I got to interview Jaw Wobble. That was the first band he joined. <laughs> How'd you like your first band to be Public Image? <laughs> Well, he'd been playing a lot, you know. It wasn't like he was like... I mean, with me, I got on stage after only having held an instrument for a few weeks, you know. I, I want to get into that, but uh, look, you gave me some music. I want to play I Wish I Was You.
when you ask me, when you ask me if I'm a feminist, I say, I say to hell with powerlessness, to hell with loneliness, down all those people putting women down. Yes, there are women in positions of power, but so many more in chains and drudgery. Tortured, ignored, undermined, undervalued, raped, abused. So when you ask me if I'm a feminist, I say, Why the hell would I not be? So when you ask me if I'm a feminist, I say, Why the
When you ask me if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I say, I say, you better, you better. There must be something missed, a blip in the script.
Watch for Pedro's show, that chunk of music. It started off with Gina Birch doing Wish I Was You. And we had Alice Coltrane doing a harp solo from a 1970 documentary on her. Uh, Etage 34, like the 34th floor in French. Pardon my fucking destroying that language. Uh, With Tenko, great singer lady from uh, Tokyo, doing Densi. Then Victoria Shen, part six of eight of her red brass piece. She's got this invention. She calls a bass collar. She wears this thing and can make bass sounds, people. No strings involved. But it getting wow. low is where she goes. Dame Aria after that with Vivo Icaretto. Gina Birch with Feminist Song. Diane Marie Clover with Rubber Sold. Not the Beatles album. Adele Mida. With Naya Zazvesko Rostopi, kind of Slovak Hungarian, a little border theme there. That's where Adela comes from. And Maxina Funko with the nicest thing. And finally, Gina Birch with No Love. So, okay, you get on the bass, you're on stage within weeks. How did you get on the bass in the first place? You said you saw Sex Pistols play. Yeah, I saw a lot of... Uh, that must have been Glenn Matlock on bass but at that time, right? Yes, it was. Um, I saw a lot of those bands play, and they were they were nearly, you know, 99% male. Men, <laughs> men, men. Uh, young yeah, but boy. X-ray, X-ray specs. Yeah, I said 90%. I did 100%. So the thing is that... No, um, you're right. There's always been a problem with boys, uh, Bogart and rock and roll. And also, you know, when you've got when when it's the singer who's female and the band's all male. I know they had Laura Logic on sax. Yeah, but you, you know she's but, coming back. She's putting Laura, out some music. I heard. Laura Logic was thrown out of X-ray specs after about three or four gigs. You know, because the manager didn't like the competition with the singer. You know, it's crazy. So they. Well, think the crazy we, thing is the manager having any fucking say in a band. Yeah, well, I think Polly had a bit of say, too. I don't think she was without say. But anyway, so, you know, that that is a thing. But I will argue with you here because I don't think that just being the singer makes for me to be inspired to pick up an instrument where I've never played an instrument before. The band that made me want to pick up an instrument was when it was four young Brilliant women called the Slits. Oh yeah, great band, great they bass, were, like a big, were, a big fat reggae sound from that lady. Yeah, yeah, they were so fantastic on their very first gig. They were very chaotic. Ari and Palmolive were fighting, and uh, you know Tessa was still cool on the bass. She was the know? bass. Yeah, uh, I saw them at the Whiskey. They didn't have Budgie like the album. They had Bruce from the pop group. Yeah, what year was that? Was seventy nine? It was called Cut Up or something. Cut. Oh yes, was yeah. the album. Right. Yeah, you see, for me, that is post Palmolive. Palmolive started the band. Right. Okay. She, she found Ari, and the, and she started the band. So for me, what was great was the four women playing, and then Blumen. Uh, I, 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 let me tell you about the Hollywood punk scene. There was a lot of ladies. They didn't. The, 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 the only full one was maybe Go Go's 
you know, a little later. Yeah, but what year was that? I'm talking no, 76, 77. No, no, I'm talking about 70s when you saw the bags. The bass player now is married to the damn singer. Uh, the, the Germs had a, a lady on bass, Lorna. Uh, X had a, yeah, singer, okay. But the, but there there was ladies playing instruments in Hollywood punk bands in the 70s. What year, though? You see, every 70s. minute. Okay. Uh, every the first all-girl band, I don't know if you would call it punk yet, but they were called the Runaways. Yeah, but they were they were formed by that guy, you Kim know. Kim Fowley, were, yeah, manager. <laughs> you see, we're not on the same page here. I'm afraid. Okay. I'm not going with your thing. I'm not. Uh, it's it for me. I was a young woman. I never thought I would play an instrument. It wasn't something that was in. Uh, you know, it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't. It wasn't even something I could conceive of. You know, like my mum was a secretary. All my friends' mums were secretaries. My mum too. They, they did what their dads told their mums to do. You know, so I came from this era where women were bloody put in the kitchen or on the typewriter. So when it came to being able to be in a band, it was like revolution. It was revolution. It wasn't just nothing. It was revolution. And so seeing the slits for me was like totally, totally crazy, brilliant. And I thought, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. It was just like out of this world for me. But what about, well, it sounds like you want to be in a band, but what about the bass? Well, it wasn't like I was in love with the bass at that point. I thought I can't, I can't, I don't, I, I didn't feel confident that I could be the singer or the guitarist or the drummer. But I thought, yeah, Tessa was cool. The bass had four strings. Maybe I could handle that. So I could sneak in with the bass. But so I went one day, I went down to the local shop and I said, um, what is your cheapest bass guitar? They said, here we are, this is 30 pounds. I said, Can't, do, you, do you want to try it? They said, no. I said, I just grabbed it and I, I took it home and I, and I taught myself very, I taught myself to, to tune it and then I found these patterns on the neck. You know, I was a visual artist, so I, I worked in patterns and like a lot of reggae bass lines are like, pat, you know, they're visual patterns to me. So I started to learn that, that and then I started to try and play little melodies and, uh, and Anna and I got together and then Richard Dudansky, who played for a bit in Public Image and played with Time and Dog and everything, he was playing with Time and Dog in the local in the tabernacle and they came round to our rehearsal where we'd only been playing for a few weeks. And he said, will you play with the, no, he said, you are going to come and play with uh, me and Timon at the tabernacle. And we were like, no, 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 we're not ready. We don't know what we're doing. And he was like, yes, you do. You'll be fine. So that's how we ended up playing our first gig after a few weeks of having the blooming bass guitar. And it was uh, it went from there. Who 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 came up with the name of the band? Well, Anna comes from Madeira, a little island of Africa, Portuguese island, and uh, she found you know I think she found, she found uh, London very romantic, and I think she liked the rain. Uh, we we went through lots of different names, but uh, I think uh, you know we we just kind of settled on the raincoats because. It just felt like it was kind of rainy London, <laughs> something. 
and we protect you from the rain. Well, what about first raincoats gig? Can you remember it? Yeah, that's it at the Tabernacle. We, we, we actually then we we did have uh, we had Ross Crichton on guitar. Um, also, uh, there so was boys in the band. And that guy was, who asked you to play was he actually playing, or was he in one of the other bands on the bill? He was Richard Dudansky. He was in. He was playing with Time and Dog. Okay. Uh, and Time and you know, I I don't know if you know. I mean, he played on various clients. Basically, Time and was a squatter with Joe Joe before he became before Joe Strummer went into the the Clash. Okay. Uh, um, they all squatted together, Tymon and Joe and Richard and Esperantha, Palmolive's sister and Palmolive. Palmolive was with Joe and, yeah, you know, I don't know. God, you're making me into a music nerd now. No, I just want to know a little about your journey, that's all. Oh. And so uh, <laughs> did yeah. you guys start, to, uh, there's a circuit to tour in England, right, in those days, or no? Did you just play London? Well, what, basically, what happened was we we the at, at first we we just we played in the Tabernacle, which was a local Notting Hill, um, uh, you know, kind of churchish churchy thing. I don't know what a Tabernacle is, but it's, it's a churchy thing. Yeah, and of then, course. And then, then we played in in a place called the Chippenham, a little a little room above a pub where the One O One is used to play Joe Strummer's first band. And when we played there, we played there on about our third gig, and this guy, these in, these guys from Poland turned up. They were looking for people for an international performance art uh, a performance art festival in Warsaw, and they saw us play, and they invited us to go to Poland. So about our fourth, fifth. And six gigs were played at this international performance art festival in Warsaw, That's and great. that was strange. Well, I think it's pretty great. <laughs> what kind of material were you doing? Was it all original right from the beginning? Yeah, it was. Well, it was all original except eventually we we did Lola, which was a kink song. Yeah, but of all course. the best was you, it. Was you know our, the was, story about uh, Sister Ray, Velvet no, Underground. Me. They named it after Ray Davies because of that song. Ah, okay. <laughs> Amazing. Brother Ray. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just I'm just curious. So you went international on your – I was just – you know, a lot of bands, they start playing covers and stuff. That's how they learn. So that's why I ask you that question. I love well, – that's one of the things I loved about the movement was there was people just learning how to play and starting to compose right then. Well, that was the whole thing. You just need to know three chords. Then you can write a song. Or one chord. You know, TBI is one chord. Fun house. Well, fine, but, Tina, you know. I have to I, cut us off right now because we're at the end of the first hour, the January okay. 17, 2023 edition of Off Peter Show. Special guest, Gina Birch. Hold tight for hour two. Uh. January 17, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pete Rose Show.
my bonnet And left an unmatched wrestling Accidentally broke each bone Inside of his body I got that feeling that nobody ever should know I got that feeling you get when you know you're a joke And so it goes It's unbelievable You help them break your own heart It's unbelievable You help them tear you apart
Watch for Pedro show. Second hour started off with the raincoats doing monk chant. Then we had the almighty op with butter bags. Raincoats again. You kill me. Uh, lost and found from a trio here out of Barcelona. Cunningham, Volt, Sarah. Mark Cunningham used to be in this no-wave band in New York City called Mars. Raincoats after that. Oddy Shape. I remember when that came out. Uh, the Bobby Lee's after that with Ragged Way. And finally, the Raincoats again. Only love at night. So, uh, can you remember the first Raincoats record? Oh, yeah. We, um, we Jeff Travis from Rough Trade, he, he, um, he, he said, oh, we've got a little bit of leftover time from, uh, from uh, an album we're making, and would you like to go and try out, uh, try out in the studio? And we said, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Ah, ah. Anyway, we went and we tried it out. And, uh, and he said, ah, maybe you're not quite ready. And then about three or four months later, we went again. Mayo Thompson had come, and he'd, he'd, he worked with us a bit like on the violin. Was it Mayo Thompson kind of a producer man for Jeff? Yeah, he, he produced our first single and album. Yeah, it yeah. seems I saw his name on other people's records too. I can't yeah, remember he, now. Yeah. He was he was really great for us actually because we we were we were going kind of we were we were doing our stuff and we were interesting and we were pushing ourselves. But Mayo just helped push us just that little bit more over the edge. He made us a little bit more like extreme. And that was really good for us, actually. Um, and, and then and on that occasion, there was a TV documentary crew. They were making a film about rough trade. And so there were all these cameras there, which was kind of weird. Um, but it was the most exhilarating experience because, um, you know, it just felt like it, it felt like heaven on earth. You know, we were being taken seriously. We we were making these extraordinary noises and sounds, and uh, you know, I, I, it was it was fantastic. It was really fantastic. And then you know, like the first bit of vinyl when it comes out, you rush to go and go and get it from the shop and take it home and try it and all that. Well, just how, great. How did rain, how did raincoats? bring music did somebody come in with an idea and everybody would jump on was it a collab did somebody make demos uh, uh, what was the process gina well basically um the first song the first song um uh anna had anna had some no life on the line who, who wrote the words uh, yeah this guy uh, ross wrote the words for it anna wrote the music and then i just i tried to pay put a bass line and Anna said, look, she, she was really into the Beatles and she really liked the fact that in the Beatles, everybody had their personality and their own and brought songs. And she said, it's really important. We all try to write a song. And so, um, she, she wrote something a bit more sophisticated. I wrote a song called I'm no one's little girl. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I like, yeah, I, I, I just, I just like, you know, I, up till then I'd always had a boyfriend, you know, and I, 
I, I, I, it was like suddenly I felt like I didn't need to have to have this appendage, this boy <laughs> who would tell me what music to listen to or, you know, I had to hang out with his friends. I could be my own person. And that's what punk was like for me. You know, it was it was very it made me very feisty. And so, you know, I, I, I felt I, I wrote this song. I'm no one's a girl and I'm not going to be in your family tree. Even if you ask me, to, I'm going to turn you down. I won't mess you around because i don't want to be you know and and so that was uh, that was just a three chord thing and then then the middle bit was like try it out you can do it if you choose it try it out so so, so uh, for this for this tune here you brought in the words and you brought in the music <laughs> okay no i'm just I'm, i was cu always curious about how raincoats put together their songs yeah, no, we, did, we often, often we would bring in the words and the music, but then the music would get woven together, you know, we, because we didn't really practice on our own. We always practiced together. And so I might have an idea sitting on the top of a bus, you know, with, a, with some words and a little melody. And then I, but I probably didn't know how the chords should be. So someone would help me with the chords. My dog's growling. Now. Yeah, I hear. <laughs> that's okay look i want to play anna oh, yeah. had written um a, a, a fairy tale in the supermarket she, she'd actually seen a documentary about um <laughs> here let, about... Let, let me play the raincoats ooh, ooh la la
show that chunk of music started off with the raincoats doing ooh ooh la 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 
Then we had Thurston and myself with Talia, like a ghost on fire. Raincoats was shouting out loud. Then Gretchen, locked rivers. The raincoats within love. Bridge of Flyers with Tambo. V. Vale and Lemaire with Salzburg. And finally, Lola. There's the cover from the raincoats. You know, Dave uh, at Third Man, he sent me these music. So maybe he picked them and you didn't. So, But I just asked for some music so we could check out your uh, musical journey. And how do you, you know, most bands have an arc. Very yeah. excited to be together at first, yeah. And then people start getting, issues start coming up. How did it go with the raincoats? Oh, loads of issues. <laughs> we would break up often. We, you know, we're like. A lot of uh, drama, a lot of drama. A lot of drama, okay. yeah, a lot of drama, and uh, yeah, I, I I remember leaving the band, and then I, I announced I was leaving the band once, and then burst into tears and decided to stay. <laughs> but but we would argue, we would argue a lot, and uh, we would think I can't, we can't stand to be in the room together, and then uh, we'd we'd get back together again. It was like you know a stormy relationship. Yeah, yeah, I think. Bands are kind of like that because they're they're so intense with the personalities. I mean, if it's yeah. real, people aren't yeah. putting up a front. You're dealing with raw emotion and no mysteries, no hiding. You know, it's yeah. interesting about uh, that. And, do you uh, think? Do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, in in, I mean, Jeff Travis said that uh, we we uh, we wore our hearts on our sleeve. We were more. Uh, uh, vocal about our emotional journeys than than a lot of the male bands he worked with, but uh, Anna, Anna said, "Oh, that's because the male bands usually had leaders. We didn't have leaders in our band. You see, we were a democracy, and uh, I think a lot of bands do have like a boss, don't they? Uh, um, do you think, or yeah. do you think that yeah. makes a difference? It's either that, or they turn into like kind of business arrangements." If, if the uh, band's successful, yeah, you're right. The way the way power is handled is not too democratically in a lot of bands. Yeah. Or if it is, it's only that like that brief period, the, the honeymoon. Yes. And then if they win the lotto, it turns into a business arrangement. But otherwise, yeah, everybody hates each other and stuff. <laughs> or they still hate each other and there's a business <laughs> I don't know I don't know I, uh, I'm always been optimistic I always try to look at well somebody's on the rudder somebody's on the keel somebody's at the bow you know like everybody can't be doing the same job so I, I think I'm more in the same boat with you yeah but it's yeah. maybe optimistic because when you look at the reality yeah you get drama <laughs> yeah yeah because, well, in my you know, solo people country. ask me about the old days. And I say it was about people, but I think, you know, so are the new days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In my new project, it's it, it's really weird because we were at rehearsal uh, day before yesterday, and uh, these people said, "Well, what's the band called?" And it was really weird because I had to say it's called Gina Birch. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> no, but it's like I can't be a band, can I? I it's like I'm, 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 I'm not a band. I'm, I'm a Gina Birch, and so it's like if I've got a band rehearsing with me, it's like, what's the band? I've never, I've never done this before. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When I made my first solo record, there was actually forty-eight other people on it with me. <laughs> 
<laughs> some solo record, right? But but bass yeah. players were kind of like glue, so we kind of put things together. So I think, okay, because you're kind of man in the rudder for this proj. I, I want to yeah. talk more about it, though. But we're at the end of the second hour, January 17, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Gina Birch. Hold tight for hour three. <laughs> January 17, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
show started off the third hour with Dorothy doing Still Waiting. <laughs> that is a cover. Okay, we'll get to it. Sarah Devachi after that with Icon Studies 1. I guess there was a 2, 3 or whatever. But I only got the 1. Legendary Shack Shaker. Yeah, Jella sent me this stuff off his label, new stuff. Legendary Shack Shakers with Let Me Tickle Your Innards. Tsunami Bomb Out of Touch. Arno Core with Deadlift. And finally, the Red Crayola. Born in Flames. And I got this 7-inch people when it came out. And uh, Laura Logic singing with the soprano thing there. And it, it's just, the band is cooking, man. The other, I can't remember the other side. Sword of God or something? Yeah. Right, okay, okay. God, I don't know how that came to me. Because it's been years since I heard it. But uh, beautiful stuff. Who's on the piano? I don't remember. That's okay. really strange, isn't it? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, tell me about Dorothy. You say it's a cover here, Still Wait. Yeah, it's a Prince song, actually. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Dorothy was me and Vicky, the violin player from uh, from the Raincoats. Yep. And it was like that weird time. I, I think um, I was listening to something today about you know, David Bowie when he kind of decided he, I think he ran out of money and he decided he needed to make a, like a commercial album. And so it was Let's Dance on the album. Oh, and right. the, kind of more, more like commercial uh, tunes. He got and then, that cat, you know, uh, uh, 
now Rogers. He he, he yeah, had a meeting with him, Rogers. and he said, "I want to make a record that sells a lot." <laughs> yeah, that's right. But then that kind of precipitated, like there was Scritty Politi. Lots of people kind of tripped into you that. You know what? Uh, I heard that's what wrecked Rough Trade was them trying to get commercial success out of Scritty because those first couple Scritty Politi records are great. The, yeah, the, I love the little forty fives. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't we don't practice with PAs. We right. have a lot of bills to pay. <laughs> Uh, and also on the album on the record cover they they put how much it costs to print everything and press things up and all that kind of stuff yeah well that's that's when they were all in the communist party then (laughs) is that right uh, and and uh yeah they 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 all did everything together and they lived in a squat and then and then green went decided he was going to go commercial and that was kind of after the whole whole, the 80s became very obsessed with money i think for me i didn't really like it but uh um yeah i found the 80s very annoying after the (laughs) of the 70s absolutely Um, but 90s were kind of annoying too well tell me about dorothy yeah so basically i'm talking about this thing where everyone kind of went pop and and like trying to get a bit of commercial success so so vicky and i we decided we would i don't know if you know cindy sherman the photographer um artist well she she made a lot of uh, these things called film stills where she 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 photographed herself in all these different situations and so uh, we had this idea that we would make this record about being about this that the, these the identity of these women which was us we could also have these other identities so we would be whoever we chose to be that day you know whether we put on dungarees or a cocktail dress or whatever so dorothy was like this kind of ever-changing female presence and it was kind of a pop a pop thing you know we 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 went into a a posh studio we were with chrysalis records and they pay you know it was a lot of there's a lot of money floating about trying to make this commercial successful record and um and then the the head honcho changed and we got dropped (laughs) you know how many times i've heard that story Now, now tell me about the Hangovers because I got three of these songs by something called the Hangovers, and I want to play well, next. That is uh, basically, um, you know, when when uh, Kurt Cobain got interested in the raincoats, DGC decided they would sign us to make two new albums. So we made one new album, and then they dropped us, and so I had like I had like a few pounds in my bank account uh, that they paid us not to make the second record and and I decided I would you know I'd always been DIY you know the do it yourself but I'd never actually done it myself so I decided to start my own little label it was called Smoke Records and I would record uh, um, uh, uh, an album in a way it was a solo album but I didn't want to call it Gina Birch so then I just gathered together a whole load of people it was a Around the time I stopped drinking, I'd been drinking way, 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 way too much. And so I decided, you know, it was it was like it was at that turning point of drinking way too much and not drinking at all, you know. Sure. So there's a song on it called Drink. I think you may have played it. I don't know. No, we're, we're gonna. It's going to be the last song. Yeah, well, that, that that song was 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 really about you know when you, when you think you've given up and then you just find that bottle in the cupboard and then you just go for it and you're like out of it. So that's 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 that song. And the Hangovers was kind of that. It was about that journey from you know 
out there, nurse, to... Okay, to... Here, here's a, I'm glad I'm me today. What are you doing tonight? 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 What are you doing
This is called penciled in to be running down the street going, woo, 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 woo.
have a drink Don't know why you gave up anyway So I took the glass Down from the shelf To the bottom From the back The cupboard
Watt from Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Start that chunk off with I'm Glad I'm Me Today from The Hangovers. That's Gina's own proj, including the label people, real DIY, like uh, Walt Whitman in 1855. <laughs> but actually, I have to just interrupt there because you can. Uh, Slim, Slim Moon took, took, took it on. Ah, in, Kill Rockstars, yeah. Kill Rockstars took it on in America. But, uh, yeah, so I was really pleased when Slim kind of found Yeah, I just it. started working with him again. He's in Nashville now. They got the label back together yeah i i think that's great because he, he he really is a great uh great um record person you know he's re- it's really great that he's doing that again that's right that's right and maggie vale toby's sister and yeah beautiful, beautiful thing uh after that was dumbass youth with penciled in to be running down the street going woo 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 and the hangovers again with soho anna butters this lady, great, I think New Zealand maybe, or Australia, but she's on base and she's incredible. Do not disturb and finally drink, like you said, from the hangovers. So right now you're practicing the Gina Birch group for what, uh, a tour, uh, a recording or what? Yeah, I, I, um, my second single comes out tomorrow and then on the 24th of February, my album comes out on Third Man Records, thanks to Dave Buick yeah, from Detroit. Yeah. Thank you, and, Dave. Thank you, Dave. And, uh, yeah, so um, I love Dave, and um, he's been really cool to kind of get me to do this stuff, and I've really, really had a great time doing it. That I, I, I made a lot of a lot of these recordings um, at home over the last few years. I, I Mostly I'd taken up painting. I was... I'm painting these very big paintings and but it but you know in my in my other other moments I would just be at my uh, computer or I'd just put some bass in or some tunes and some lyrics and over the years I'd managed to have uh, a whole load of tunes in uh, uh, recorded and then um, when when uh, we decided we'd try and do an album, I took the took the tunes to a youth studio, youth from Killing Joke, and who produces and you know, I lots saw of I saw the first Killing Joke gig at the Whiskey, and he looked exactly like Sid Vicious. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. This was have- in the late seventies. Actually, each dude in the band had their own fucking thing. One guy was like rockabilly. One guy had like paint on his face, the organ guy. They, they, they were trippy. But they're yeah. the band that a lot of bands make money on their sound, that that first sound that Killin' Joe can. Yes. And I think he's involved with Laura Logic's new music. Yeah, he, he, he did do, do some co-production on Laura's, Laura's record. Well, you know, when I go down there, Laura sometimes be sitting on the sofa, and then when I was doing mine, Laura might come in but laura plays laura played uh, um in uh, she played on the first raincoats album she played sax on our first on our first album on a couple of tracks and um she played live with us when we played in london a couple of years ago and so yeah laura's a good friend of mine but youth helped you get stuff together for this new record you got well we co-produced it yeah okay. he 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 um he, he saw me live when i was doing some solo stuff and he and he really liked what I was doing and then he invited me to his festival in Spain to do to do a bit of recording and I do a do some talk a talk and stuff and so we decided we'd 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 have a little go trying to see what would happen if we worked together 
and you know he 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 has a great sensibility and he's very and he's also very zen you know and when i get very kind of wired up he's like he's like very calm you know and uh, and so we we um we managed to with an engineer called michael rendell we managed to uh, bring all these tracks together and uh, it was it's been a fantastic journey really that's great gina do you have a, your own website I do have a website. It's called Gina Birch Painting. Okay, people. G i n a b i r c h p a i n t i n g dot com for more infos because I want people to find out about you. I've been following you all these years. It's just an honor to get to talk with you. Uh, you get any other music? You have anything else come back? You got a guaranteed invite on the Watt from Pedro show. I'd like to have you aboard anytime you want to come, please. <laughs> You're very, very lovely. Thank you so much. i sorry I was very wired up at the beginning. No, like... you're great. <laughs> you know what Popeye said, right? I am what I am. It's okay. <laughs> I'm olive oil. That's olive oil, right. People, it's been the January 17, 2023 edition. Pedro shall keep you powdered, right?